Thanks to Succession, I've been in here a couple times, it's nice, but I sort of uh, accepted I was never going to be on the stage, so this is a nice moment. Suck it, Pedro. Sorry. <laughs> Mine. Welcome to the Overrated Podcast. My name is Chris, Mr. Overrated Over, and with this episode, I will be talking about Globes That Are Golden, a.k.a. the Golden Globes Awards, the very first award show of the 2024 year that is celebrating movies and TV shows and all that jazz. Since my last episode, which was what I believe was Mr. Shrek Attack joining me last, here, so here's the funny thing. I uh, I believe I intended to release two episodes since recording the 2024 uh, heavily anticipated movies, which big shout out to Mr. Brandon Shrek and Ghost and Shrek Attack podcast, because that episode was fun as hell to record. And I had a blast recording it with him and him joining me on my my episode. And by the way, I forget if I mentioned this already, but I was quite impressed with Mr. Brandon because my man held his own on this episode, talking movies, which he sees maybe four at max a year. So once again, big shout out to Mr. Brandon and the Shrek Attack podcast. Please head on over there to uh, his podcast on Spotify and wherever you get your listening podcast episodes plugged into your ears because I love his stuff and it's Super fun, so go check him out. But yes, uh, last episode, the top five most anticipated movies of the 2024 year, which we are now currently in. Uh, I got a lot of great responses from there. Real quick, I'm going to be rattling them off. First and foremost, Mr. Jordan Helbling, shouting out Dune 2, was part of our countdown for that. So, yep, super hyped for Dune 2 and uh, the return of Timmy and the gigantic ensemble cast. Uh, my man Grant shouting out Joker 2 and uh, Nosferatu, both also mentioned on the on our top fives. Uh, but also he is, I see, requesting that I uh, do a rewatch of a certain greasy movie, a.k.a. The Greasy Strangler. You know what? You know what? Maybe. Maybe. We'll, maybe I will revisit that. We'll see, Grant. We'll see. Uh, another one by Sean shouting out The Fall Guy, Kung Fu Panda 4, and Inside Out 2. Would, would you guys believe me if I told you I don't believe I've watched one Kung Fu Panda? I think I watched the very first one, but I, I can't recall at all. But uh, ultimately, I don't have any memory of it, and I don't have memory of any of the franchise. So yeah, I have not seen a single Kung Fu Panda, but I'm sure I'd enjoy it because I'm a big fan of Jack Black. But otherwise, yeah, The Fall Guy, Kung Fu Panda 4, and Inside Out 2. I hope Inside Out 2 is solid. I think I recognize that uh, some of the actors aren't returning for that one so uh i'm sure they'll they, they have it in the bag but still gets me a little bit worried but we'll see erica miss erica shouting out the uh movie if that was a big big part of brandon's top five looking incredibly fun incredibly entertaining so i'm looking forward to that hopefully it's gonna be solid 
And then my most recent one, Mr. Michael Turk, shouting out Mickey 17. Let's talk about this really quick. Mickey 17, directed by Bong Joon-ho, the acclaimed director from uh, Parasite Snowpiercer, uh, Parasite Snowpiercer, Okja, and among many, many others. Uh, this movie is starring the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Pattinson, but also bringing in the likes of Mark Ruffalo, Tony Collette, Golden Globe winner Stephen Yen, which we'll be talking about very shortly. But yes, this cast is stacked. I am equally hyped for this, my man. Um, the only reason, the only reason why I didn't bring this up, so I'm glad you brought this up, Turk. I'm glad you brought this up. Because this what this is 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 on my radar. However, I'm skeptical if it does come out next year. It is currently slated for 2024, directly slated for March 29th, 2024. But what worries me is there's nothing out about the plot. There is barely any any deep deep trailers or any deep cuts about this movie. So I'm I'm cautious, but I'm, trust me, I'm on the side of hoping that this comes out 2024. And believe me, if that's the case and we start getting solid release dates, I'm all in. This instantly jumps to that top five. But yes, big shout out Turk for uh, shouting out Mickey 17 because all y'all need to keep your eyes peeled for this. If you know Bong Joon Ho and this beautiful beautiful set of uh, talented cast members. This movie's going to be baller. We're looking at a sci-fi, probably, adventure flick by Bong Joon-ho, so this is going to be good. As I said before, so I uh, I had, literally, I think I had two, two or three episodes that I wanted to release since the Top 5 2024 joint collaboration episode with Brandon, but uh, I even recorded some bits of it, but then I completely scrapped them because time has been screwing me hard so uh i ended up just scrapping some episodes so i probably had plenty of hilarious banter to throw at you guys that you probably would have enjoyed but guess what it is to oblivion and never to be heard of again so um real quick i'm gonna try to figure out what the hell i said before um typically this is where i will plug in my uh, most recent watched stuff and i think Back on when I was going to record some stuff, I was going to talk about my watch on Saltburn. Yeah, that movie. Some of y'all might have uh, caught some traction on that. Saltburn is fucking great. It is shocking. It is insane. I loved it. The stupid storyline plot twist extravaganza that it is. I don't care. I had a great time. My boy Barry Keoghan owned that shit. My man is dancing everywhere, and I mean everywhere. So. We're gonna keep that, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna tell you, I love it. Uh, if you want some absolute fucking shock factor, that's your movie. So go watch that. That is on Prime Video right now. It is a treat and a half. So Saltburn Prime Video, Barry Keoghan, directed by Emerald Fennel, who uh, was of promising young woman fame. So if you watch that one, which also highly recommended, uh, it's a great movie. So definitely go take a take a gander at that one also recently watched was a movie called Poor Things, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos and primarily starring Emma Stone. This movie, quite quite beautiful. Um, it has a fantastic story to it, but a very intricate and unique way of delivering said beautiful story. And it is uh, not for everyone. I will disclaimer that right now. 
that is not for everyone. So uh, have that in mind while you consider watching this one. But I will probably be diving more into the Emma Stone performance because when I recorded my other episodes that never released, I was going into some great detail. Well, not really great detail because I'm not going to spoil or anything. But I was going into some more detail, which I will now go into for this episode because we're going to be talking about Emma Stone again very shortly. So we'll leave it at that. But poor things. Pay attention to that one because it will be returning for the Oscar season. But other than that, most recently, I ripped through a plenty of movies since those last recordings. So I'm going to do a little quick speed run here. Uh, Pain Hustlers, starring Emma, Emily, Emma, Emma, Emma Blunt, Emily Blunt, and Chris Evans. Rocked that one with a three and a half stars out of five. Dream Scenario, uh, starring Nick Cage, A24 production. Solid four out of five stars. Woman Walks Ahead, rocked that with a three out of five. Rewatched David Ayer's End of Watch with Big Daddy Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena, four and a half stars. Almost made me cry all over again. Shuffled in two random movies from, I believe, my longest list in my phone, which ironically pumped out two war movies. I watched The Thin Red Line and Glory respectively 1998 release and 1989 release, gave both of those four, and a, four out of five stars. Then rewatched Dodgeball recently, uh, forgot how goddamn funny that is, and without a doubt is a peak performance by Ben Stiller, four and a half out of five stars. And then just today, watched The Devil Wears Prada for the first time, and I don't know if everyone knows about this, but I am not a big Meryl Streep fan. This movie absolutely loved her so uh was really pleasantly surprised watching the double wears prada held my attention the entire time and everyone's so charming stanley tucci meryl streep anne hathaway emily blunt all were so wonderful and i loved i really did genuinely love this movie so four out of five stars there and then also for the last one watched is leaving las vegas 1995 starring nick cage and emily shu elizabeth shu i can't remember Elizabeth Shue, sorry. Uh, Nick Cage and Elizabeth Shue. Um, this movie was absolutely devastating and depressing to watch. Uh, the primar primary thing that I thought of once finishing this movie was my reaction to watching Requiem for a Dream for the first time. So uh, very, very deep, digging, hard-hitting story to drive home and quite upsetting by the end of it. But with that said this was quite possibly the best Nicolas Cage performance I've ever seen. So uh, definitely recommend this if you have not seen this and are in for a feeling like a black hole is in your heart. And if that's already there, then why don't you just fill up that black hole? Watch Leaving Las Vegas. Currently on, uh, formerly known as HBO Max, but on Max right now. And that was that for at least everything that I've watched since my last recording to now. And um, I don't believe I have anything prepared for any kind of news articles or current events in movies and entertainment. So we're just going to roll right on through, shall we? So let's get to the matter at hand. We're going to talk about the 81st. 81st? Was it 81st? I already can't remember. Uh, let's see. Let's see. You know what? I'm going to go up on my cheat sheet. We're going to record right on through this. Guess what? It was. It was the 81st and 81st annual Golden Globe Awards. Uh, essentially, what I'm going to be doing here is I'm just going to be kind of rolling through my notes that I took as I was watching them. And as I hit my notes, I'm going to just expand on some of the shit that I say because or that I wrote down because that's just what we're going to do here. So let's begin. 
The Golden Globes is ho- is and was hosted by my Filipino brethren, Joe Coy. Stand-up comedian and rock star that he is, Joe Coy. I was hyped to find out that this man was going to be hosting the awards. And so once he hit the stage, I was quite excited. As always, and in typical fashion, they the uh, host-slash-comedian typically opens up with a roasting and introduction of all the stars and beautiful faces in the room. And typically, this is about a 50-50 reception. It doesn't matter who you are. Very rarely does this host always hit on all cylinders. There's always someone saying, oh, it wasn't funny. Then there's the other side of the coin saying, oh, this was hilarious. I expected the same from Joe Coy. Now, we're already just about 24 hours removed from the recording of this podcast to when the broadcast of the Golden Globes happened. And I've already read it all. I've read unanimously that Joe Coy did terrible and that it was forced and he was rushed and so on and so forth. Listen, the man did fine. I was laughing. I enjoyed it. All the jokes that are that people are complaining about is like, oh, he was making making dick jokes or he was talking about Barry Keoghan's dick. Spoiler alert, there's a reason why he was doing that. But he was making these inappropriate jokes and blah, blah, blah. Pay attention to com- to comedy. Pay attention to stand-up comedy. That is what they do. If the, the people complaining about this don't crawl out of their TV sitcom comedy specials and are offended by everything. So, respectfully, go fuck yourself. Like, it was hilarious. I enjoyed it. Some of the jokes, some of the jokes landed. Not all of them did, and I'll admit that because not all of them made me laugh, but there were a handful, especially with an opening monologue, that I was giggling at. Uh, one thing I did want <laughs> I made note of was uh, Joe Coy going after some Oppenheimer jokes that you can just see in Christopher Nolan's face. He's just grinning through the pain, and I was just wondering what could possibly be rolling through some of these stars' minds while they're making while jokes are being slung at them. Primarily Chris Nolan, whenever he was getting some jokes slung at him, because it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, and then fo- following up with a couple more jokes in between this and that we had the barry keoghan and saltburn saltburn jokes that uh honestly was my favorite part because he made some wise cracks in regards to events in saltburn and once again you just gotta watch it to understand why i'm just laughing about this movie because it was just hilarious to watch but uh overall it was a little long of an opening and that was another one of my critiques of it that the opening monologue was a little long and would have been cut short by a little and i mean come on why why don't they why don't they cut these opening monologues because they always are rushing through the uh acceptance speeches and they're always cutting them and putting up a sign or blowing up little neon little neon lights saying hey you gotta cut your shit well why don't you cut the opening monologue so joe coy doesn't have to sweat through this shit like throw the man a bone cut his shit a little bit shorter and then boom you have more time for the rest of the show so Stop torturing the audience and the celebrities from getting their fifis hurt. Like, fuck, whatever. But ultimately, that's that's it for the opening monologue. But then we roll into the very first category, which was... Let me look at my notes here. Best performance by a female actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. And ladies and gentlemen, the Holdovers gang has arrived. Okay. Holdovers gang, step up, because guess who took this award? Divine Joy Randolph for her performance in The Holdovers, beating out names like Emily Blunt, 
Danielle Brooks, Jodie Foster, Julianne Moore, and Rosamund Pike. I, I didn't see this coming. Honestly, I didn't see this coming. I didn't even know most of these nominees in most of these categories, so honestly, this show was a pleasant surprise as I was watching it, because I think I looked at all these nominees and categories one time. Hell, I didn't even remember that the bone closed for yesterday, so there's that. But I saw these nominees, I saw the names, and I'm like, oh, this small-ish movie that The Holdovers was, as opposed to all these other ones, won't stand a chance. Guess what? Holdovers gang came in. Holdovers Gang 1, Divine Joy Randolph, takes the very first War of the Night, setting off a beautiful chain to come, let me tell you. So, started out with absolute fire. Next, we get Best Performance by a Male Actor in a Supporting Role in Any Motion Picture. Nominees stood as Robert Downey Jr., Robert De Niro, Willem Dafoe, Ryan Gosling, Charles Melton, Mark Ruffalo, R. U kidding me this category is stacked literally pick pick one pick anyone even even charles melton for may december because his performance was quite de devastating to be honest if you didn't see that one also pretty devastating and hard watch would uh that was may december but seriously this category equally stacked anyone could take this and i'd be and i'd be fine because they all are deserving. Winner, Robert Downey Jr. for his role in Oppenheimer. Right at this point, I was like, oh my god, we're going to get RDJ on the mic. This is going to be great. It's going to be funny. Delivers as expected. I have no idea what the hell he said at the end of his acceptance speech, but regardless, it was still funny. Most of it was hilarious, so enjoy that. Right after this, right after this, uh, this win, we, I can't remember if there was a commercial break or if there was just a little, uh, little segue host gap with Joe Coy, but this is where the big moment happened that has already been talked about to fucking death is Joe Coy's little joke dig at Taylor Swift. He sits there, he makes a little giggle, giggle, ha-ha stuff, and he says, hey, what's the difference between an NFL coverage versus the Golden Globes coverage? The Golden Globes are going to have less glamour shots of Taylor Swift. To which the, the camera panned over to Taylor, and then she makes this little lip lip pucker face and then sips her champagne. Guess what? Get, get, get fucked. I don't care. Like, you know what you signed up for whenever you got, went into this building. You know what you signed up for when you sat at the table, and you know what you signed up for whenever the host comes out at an award show and starts making their digs. Like, get out of here. This was It's all promo at this point. Like, get over yourself. And, and this is coming from a Swifty, okay? This is coming from a Swifty. So I'm going to get into the Taylor fiasco shortly. Like, give me a little bit. So that's the whole gist about that moment. It's a little bit of a yikes moment, but it is what it is. I don't care. Next award, though. Best performance by a female actor, limited series, anthology series, or a motion picture made for television. Nominees were Ali Wong, Riley Keough, Brie Larson, Elizabeth Olsen, Juno Temple, and Rachel Weiss. Winner, Ali Wong for Beef. Love this show. Love this show so much. Beef is a dramatic comedy, super funny, super gripping. Love this show. Ali Wong, the girl was crying before her, when her name was even announced. And then she gets the win. Starts crying that, then and there. To which, also, I want to talk about this. Why are you making the the cast of Beef 
go and do the Lord of the Rings journey up to the stage. My girl was lost for like two minutes. Why would you do that to my woman? Okay. Ali Wong got lost on the way up to the stage, but regardless, she made it there, delivered a great speech, loved it. Big beef win. If you haven't seen it, please do because I, you will not regret it. This win was followed up by another beef win with Steven Yen. You remember him? If you don't remember the actor name, you'll remember this name. Mr. Glenn. Glenn from The Walking Dead. My man has come a long way from Atlanta, and now he's in beef, and he's won himself a Golden Globe. Stephen Yen was up against the likes of Matt Bomer, Sam Sam Claflin, John Hamm, Woody Harrelson, David Oyelowo. I, I never can pronounce his name, but big big time big time actors here. Stephen Yen wins wins out. Beef gets a back to back win. Loved this moment. Loved it for Beef. Loved it for A24, and love it for all my Asians because we winning. Okay. Next up was best performance by a female actor in a supporting role for television. Nominees, Elizabeth Debicki, Abby Elliott, Christina Ricci, Richie, Christina Ricci, I think, sorry, Jay Smith Cameron, Meryl Streep, the Queen Meryl Streep, and Hannah Waddingham. Winner was Elizabeth Debicki in The Crown for her portrayal of, queen, of Princess Di, not Queen, she would have been, but Princess Di. Didn't watch, didn't watch a lot of these, uh, well, definitely watched The Bear and uh, heard about everything else, but just simply off the fact that Elizabeth looked so much like Princess Di, and the role itself is just going to be a very, very well-paid-attention-to role. I can understand why she won this, so not much else to add to that, but yeah, so moving on. Best performance by a male actor in a supporting role for television. Matthew McFadden, Fadian, Matthew McFadian, spelled M-A-C-F-A-D-Y-E-N, so you can understand why I'm trying to pronounce that. Billy Crudup from My Beloved The Morning Show. James Marsden, Evan Moss Backrick, Alan Ruck, and Alexander Skarsgård, all powerhouses for this category. And winner was Matthew McFadden for Succession. Didn't see Succession. Uh, I intend to, just because everyone and their mother has been telling me I need to. So that is soon to come. But every Succession win on this night, I'm not shocked, honestly, because of how much attention it got. So... We'll leave, we'll leave it at that, though, but don't worry. I'll be watching Succession soon. Next up, my notes and the uh, website that I'm using to follow along with the nominees and winners are now getting a little skewed. So guess what? I'm going to do this, do this on the fly and just roll off of my notes. So you're not going to be getting all the nominees anymore until I want to bring them back because that's how I'm going to do it. Uh, next up was best screenplay uh real quick i'm already going to bring in the nominees because this was important because the nominees for this was barbie poor things oppenheimer killers of the flower moon past lives and anatomy of a fall once these were announced i was like god damn all these are solid even the ones that i don't know as much as the others but the winner was Anatomy of a Fall, which absolutely blew me away because I just expected any of the other ones to want to win other than Anatomy because only because I haven't seen Anatomy yet. But this absolutely blew me away. Super shocked by this. So Anatomy of a Fall, one I will be catching very shortly. Next up, we had Gabriel Iglesias and George Lopez announcing the male actor in TV series, in musical or comedy. This award was taken by Jeremy Allen White of Bear fame, and man, this category was stacked as well. 
this category had the likes of Jeremy Allen White, Bill Hader, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Jason Siegel, and Jason Sudeikis. So, obviously, once Jeremy Allen White took it. I had expectations that he was going to win it just because of how popular the bear was, but honestly, everyone else could have equally won to their own degree. But super hyped that Jeremy Allen White won because I have been a big bear fan, and uh, you'll catch on to that very shortly. After that award was a brand new award, which was the best stand-up comedy performance. So Golden Globes coming out and recognizing stand-up comedians, which is honestly shocking to me with, with how much the uh, audience of the Golden Globes is crying about stand-up comedy because that's exactly what Joe Coy was delivering. I'm not pissed. I'm not triggered. Whatever. Ignore me. But regardless, nominees for this, Trevor Noah, Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Sarah Silverman, Wanda Sykes, and Ricky Gervais, to which Ricky Gervais won. Honestly, I had no idea what direction this was going to go. I wouldn't have been shocked either way. I personally thought it was going to be either Trevor, Trevor Noah or Chris Rock, but Ricky Gervais is a legend, and in their, in uh, to its own degree, Ricky Gervais is probably one of the last great hosts of the Golden Globes, so we'll just take that as it is. But congrats to Ricky Gervais for winning the very first ever Stand-Up Comedian Award for the Golden Globes. That award was then followed up by Best Motion Picture in a Non-English Language. Guess who won this one? The Return of Anatomy of a Fall. So once again, big shout out to the A24 product of Anatomy of a Fall and one that I will be watching shortly. After that, we're going to bring in Bear Squad again because guess who wins female actor in TV series, musical, or comedy? Ao Edebiri. You goddamn right. Sorry if I mispronounce your name, but I love you anyway, and you deserve to win. Ao was up against people like Natasha Leone, Quinta Brunson, Rachel Brosnahan, Selena Gomez, and Elle Fanning. So Ao taking this was just A-OK for me. I will see myself out the door for that joke. I'm so sorry. But other than that, we were then followed up by a Kieran Culkin win from Succession with, his, with a Best Performance by Male Actor in a Television Series Drama. Kieran Culkin beat out the likes of co-succession nominees Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong, but also beat out Gary Oldman, Pedro Pascal, Sadness, and Dominic West. Kieran Culkin probably had one of the best uh, speeches of the night because he was absolutely hilarious and even threw a joke dig at Pedro where he said, suck it, Pedro, and then they cut over to Pedro laughing and then followed up by fake crying because Pedro's just a fucking national treasure. So, uh... Super, super uh, hyped to see a Kieran Culkin win just because I love the Culkins. Because why not? So, uh, Kieran alone probably is going to make me want to watch this show. But regardless, I'm going to be watching the show. So, super, super cool uh, win by Kieran Culkin. And uh, also, can we talk about how Kieran Culkin just looks like Tobey Maguire? Especially Spider-Man 3 Tobey Maguire. Just sit on that for a bit. But anyway. Uh, next up, motion picture. Animated motion picture. This one is one we got to talk about, Okay. Because this one is going to cause some waves in the multiverse, if you know what I'm saying. So, animated, animated movie, best animated movie. The nominees for this one were the likes of Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Bros. movie, Suzume, Wish, and The Boy and the Heron. Now, if you're like me, and you kind of had assumptions way early on in the year of 2023, we all knew who was going to win basically all the animated awards. It was going to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, because likewise, 
the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse basically swept all their awards. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has been rightfully dominant. It is somehow better, debatably, better than Into the Spider-Verse, and I was expecting just another year of sweeps. And then came Studio Ghibli, because the boy and the heron came in to fuck shit up. The boy and the heron takes the win from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and let me tell you, that is going to cause them waves, because I bet you money the boy and the heron could possibly repeat at the Oscars. So we'll have to see how all these other award shows go, but this is definitely a big indicator for the Oscars. Next up was Best Director, and this one, yet another absolutely stacked nomination pool with the likes of Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Greta Gerwig for Barbie, Yorgos Lanthimos of Poor Things, Martin Scorsese of Killers of the Flower Moon, Celine Song for the beloved Past Lives, and then Christopher Nolan taking the win for Oppenheimer. This, this is going to be an exciting race for the rest of the award show because all these names are going to be repeating. All these names are going to be winning in different award shows, so going to the big show itself at the Oscars, I feel like no one could take it again, but it's it, anything could happen. Absolutely anything could happen. After, director, after the uh, motion pic picture director win, next up was female actor in musical or comedy. This category boasted the names of Emma Stone, Fanta Fantasia Barino, Jennifer Lawrence, Natalie Portman, Alma, Alma Poisty, sorry, probably mispronounced that too, and Margot Robbie. This one, taken by Emma Stone for her performance as Bella Baxter in Poor Things. Emma in Poor Things is electrifying. Easily, easily, easily my favorite performance of 2023, probably. Um, it This is going to be a race between Emma and one other name, which we will be getting to shortly. But personally, I truly, truly hope Emma takes this because it is, it's going to be a coin toss between the two that I'm, that I'm going to say. But I think I'd love Emma to take this. I won't be disappointed if the other individual takes it. And again, we'll get to that shortly. But following female, we went into male. And the male best the best male actor in motion picture drama were going to the likes of Bradley Cooper, Killian Murphy, Leonardo DiCaprio, Coleman Domingo, Andrew Scott, and Barry Keoghan, my boy of Saltburn fame. Winner here, to no surprise, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Fantastic performance. Honestly, I think he might he may even have have this award in the bag for the for the Oscars, but we'll see how that goes. But otherwise, yeah, not shocking. Great nominees, but not shocked by Killian's win. The male actor category was followed by original score in motion picture. This one was taken by Ludwig Goransson, who has won plenty of awards previously, so I'm not exactly shocked. But otherwise, beating a very impressive uh, cast of nominees here as well, to which I'm not going to mention because I'm probably going to murder every single one of these names. So big shout to Ludwig probably favored to roll, roll into the Oscars as well. Keeping with the musical theme, they rolled right into the original song for motion pictures, and this one, I'm not shocked by either. We got a win for What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. 
this category, uh, Billie Eilish faced two co-Barbie songs with Dance the Night by Dua Lipa and I'm Just Ken, written by Mark Ronson and performed by Ryan Gosling, but also uh, faced off with the likes of Lenny Kravitz, Jack Black, and his addicting song of Peaches. And lastly, Bruce Springsteen. So Billie Eilish takes the big dub there. Won't be shocked if that doesn't change for the Oscars, too. Now that we move away from the music, we go to another new award, and this is where we're going to get ranty, okay? This one is the new award of Cinematic and Box Office Achievement in Motion Picture. So essentially, I don't exactly know the parameters of this one, but if you made a shit ton of money, you were going to get nominated here. Now, I had a big conversation with Abby about this one, and I've heard plenty of conversations about this category because it's kind of confusing. If you made bank, didn't you already win? I mean, technically you did. But regardless, this category, it, they pick a handful of movies that made a shit ton of money, and they want to they give them some acknowledgement for their achievement on top of that of said money. Now, you could have easily just went top eight movies and rolled down the list and then just name them, but it seems like they kind of went more on the craft side of things and recognized the more crafty movies. So let's just rattle off these nominees real quick. Nominees are Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, John Wick Chapter 4, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Super Mario Brothers Movie, and Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Remember when I said I was going to come back to Miss Swift? Here we go. So, as I just said, this is not exactly in one through whatever this is, eight, nine movies. This is not exactly in one through nine top nine movies. They just kind of picked, handpicked each movie. Now, tell me why that, yes, we have the number one, number one, two, and three, I think, as far as the box office goes in here. But tell me why you would pick the number 22 highest selling movie and put them in a category amongst other movies that have made 500 million, 800 million, 1 billion dollars. Guess what? We're talking about the Taylor Swift The Eras Tour movie. And the only reason why that fucking thing was nominated is because they just wanted Taylor Swift to come into the building. Shouldn't be here. Taylor probably shouldn't have been there. And this whole fucking fiasco of everyone crying about, oh, the joke toward Taylor wasn't funny. Fuck you. Like, go fuck yourself. Go cry somewhere else. Go on and use your fucking Twitter fingers and cry, okay? Shut up. This is garbage. This award was kind of garbage. Like, it's just annoying. I don't care. Fuck it. Anyway, moving on. Well, salty now. Next, best limited series. Anthology series or TV movie. This, we're going to shout out the Asians again, because guess who won? Beef. Netflix's beef. A24's beef. Ali Wong and Steven Yen's beef. Beef beats out. <laughs> beef beats out. <laughs> uh, beef beats Lessons in Chemistry, Daisy Jones and the Six, All the Light We Cannot See, Fellow Travelers, and Fargo. Once again, rightfully, rightfully won, rightfully loved, and go watch it, because it's fucking great. Next up was te Best Television Series for a Musical and or Comedy, with the likes of Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, Jury Duty, Only Murders in the Building, Barry, and The Bear. Guess who won? The Bear. Big, big win for The Bear. Super hyped about that. Uh, rightfully deserved, as 
typically all are. So, yeah, the bear. Oh, wait, I just realized. Let's dial it back. Did I say who won Cinematic and Box Office Achievement before I went on my rant? I don't think I did. So, uh, yeah, the number one winner of the box office won, Barbie, who I think is, what, $1.4 billion on the year worldwide? Yeah, who saw that coming? Regardless, absolutely deserved because I love the Barbie movie. I love the entire cast of the Barbie movie. That is the little, the little movie that could and became gigantic, so it's not exactly a little movie, but... The concept of Barbie and the movie before it became the worldwide phenomenon that it is is just a wonderful story on its own. So love that movie, rightfully deserved to at least be acknowledged in some way, shape, or form. It's just that category got super shoddy and super sus. So that's just how we're going to leave that as. So yes, but back to the matter at hand: TV series, musical, or comedy winner, The Bear. Any hoosers. We're going to go to best performance by a female actor in a television series drama. We had the likes of Sarah Snook, Helen Mirren, Bella Ramsey, Carrie Russell, Imelda Staunton, and Emma Stone for her TV show, The Curse. That was, I forgot about that. I'm shocked that that came out in time to be in award contention. So if she won, that would have been pretty cool because then that would have meant Emma Stone won for motion picture and then won for TV. But alas... She did not win, because could you guess who won? Succession. Sarah Snook takes the big dub. No one saw that coming at all, huh? Anyway, next up. Male actor in motion picture, musical, or comedy. This one was huge because we had the likes of Nicolas Cage, Timothy Chalamet, Matt Damon, Joaquin Phoenix, Jeffrey Wright, and Paul Giamatti. And guess what? Holdovers gang, step up. Paul Giamatti takes the dub. Oh my God, can I tell you how excited I was? I mean, listen, I, I loved everyone in this. The only one I did not even see of this is Jeffrey Wright because it didn't have a wide release of a movie because I've heard some great, great things about his movie American Fiction. But literally, this entire nominee set was stacked I would have been honestly happy for anyone, but I primarily wanted my man Paul Giamatti to win, and he won. And guess what? Released today, the man took that damn statue, and he was fully suited, and he went to an In-N-Out burger. He shared a burger with the Golden Globe stat with the Golden Globe Award. Like that's some king behavior, okay? That's some king behavior. Paul Giamatti and the Holdovers gang, let's stand up because this shit is ours. Let's go, Jordan. Let's go. Okay, I gotta, I gotta calm down. I had to, I had to take a pause and wipe the sweat off my chest. Okay. Uh. Anyway, where was I? I've lost track. Regardless. Um. Best television series drama. Uh. Who could have guessed? I'm not even gonna rattle off the nominees. Succession. Succession wins best television series drama. It's, it's that good, huh? It really is that good. I guess it is. Yeah. I'm gonna be watching that soon. All right. Anyway. Coming up on the final, coming up on the final stretch, we had the what was it? I'm losing my track now. Motion picture, musical, or comedy. So within this, this is going to start to mix in the uh, the big nominees for what's going to be best picture at the Oscars. So as far as musical or comedy, we had the likes of Barbie, American Fiction, The Holdovers, May December, Air, and Poor Things. Guess what? The Holdover. No, I'm kidding. I'm gonna calm down. Poor Things won. And rightfully so. Again, I love this movie. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. This uh, win gave Yorgos Lanthimos a chance to jump up on the stage since he didn't win for director. 
got up, said some beautiful words for his cast and his crew and for Bruce Springsteen, because apparently he made a uh, big mark on Yorgos's life as he was growing up, which was equally kind of funny. So, uh, yeah, Four Things won this award, and rightfully so. I think it's going to have some, cause some waves and has some contention into the Oscar race, so we'll see how things go from there. But other than that, this was then followed up by Best Female Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. The nominees in here were the likes of Carrie Mulligan, Sandra Hewler, Annette Benning, Greta Lee, Kaylee Spaney, and Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, to which she won Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon. And this was quite possibly the most moving and touching speech of the night, acceptance speech of the night. And uh, honestly, I loved it. It was fantastic. And again, like I alluded to earlier, this race, this best female actor race, is simply down to Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone. Flip a coin, I'm happy. I may personally like Emma a little bit more, but Lily Gladstone's performance is just one of passion, love, and spirit for Killers of the Flower Moon. So she takes that dub. I am A-OK and happy with that. Now, for the final award on the night was for Best Motion Picture Drama. And once again, this is a lead up into the co-nominees for Best Picture in general for the Oscars. Nominees like Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of a Fall. Before I say the winner, just going off of how much waves the movie was creating, I was sitting here thinking, oh shit. Anatomy of a Fall is going about to take the dub, but it did, because Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer took it, and I'm not surprised, because <laughs> it's Oppenheimer, and no one's truly shocked, and I'm not as well. So that just about wraps up the entire show. That wraps up all the winners. That wraps up all the nominees. It's This, this is my favorite time of the year. I love this. I love the awards season. I love the awards shows. I love following along. I don't exactly watch every single award show because there's just too damn many, but I at least try to watch the big, big ones, and I definitely follow along with just about all of them in regards to who wins because it typically leads into a lot of the betting favorites and the, and the uh, nominees for who will be taking the dubs at the, at the, uh, at the Oscars. So... It's one of the greatest seasons. I enjoy this. It's uh, where I do a lot of my uh, most fun content as far as my blog posts and such. So now we're going to be delivering this new medium to you in the form of podcast episodes. So I hope you all uh, continue to listen along and follow the award show journey with me and Overrated. So um, let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think about this, uh, this Golden Globes the awards show and what your possible favorites are leading into the Oscars. I'd love to hear it. Uh, as I get a lot of responses, kind of like the beginning of this episode, it, I get plenty to work with. I'm going to shout y'all out at the beginning. So you want to get your name dropped on the episode early on, go ahead and respond to some of these, or you should be at the bottom of the Apple podcast, at the bottom of the Spotify podcast, wherever you're listening. I typically have the questions somewhere in there. So have yourself a listen, chime in, whatever you want to chime in with or anything you want to say, and uh, I'll address it in the next episode. But otherwise, hey, that's my recap of the Golden Globes. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast thus far. As always, I will wrap this up with, please, 
throw that rating in. You know, you, I told you, just throw the rating in. It's the best. It's the best gift you could give me. It's free. Just listen to a full episode and rate that bitch five out of five. Come on now. What you doing? Give it to me. I need it. I literally, I kind of need it, so I just want to expand out, you know. But please go ahead, uh, rate the rate the podcast. Talk about it. Talk to me about it. I love just hearing that you guys were listening or interacting in some way. That's literally all I want. I don't even give a shit if this goes to the 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people that are listening to this. So once again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for giving me a reason to be doing this. And hey, let's talk soon, okay? Take care. Goodbye. Oh, hey, did you miss me? Guess what? I forgot to announce something, and before I closed my laptop and walked away from recording on this very night that I am recording, I remembered I wanted to announce something. So, a uh, little little PS at the end of this episode. So, I have a cool little thing that I wanted to tease that I have a segment planned out soon that I have been planning to do for years on end. What I will tease to you is that this segment, a, a.k.a. or name of this series is going to be called the spotlight is on and basically it's not even teasing because i'm just going to break it down for you but i'm going to be i've had this plan for such a long time where i title something called the spotlight is on and then i input said actor's name here i have had this plan for a long time i've had some actors in the past couple years that I've thought were going to be quite big and guess what they are currently big right now so I'm not going to say that I'm a fortune teller or soothsayer or anything but hey the people that I have thought about that were going to be big and have become big guess what I called it so look forward to that if you have any names that you think are going to be big moving into the future drop them and let's let's have a podcast like talk about them because then I'll uh, drop your recommendation in and then we and then I'll bring up my thoughts on them and see if I agree or disagree with you. But yeah, so look forward to that. I'm super excited about that because I think the series or segment is going to be translated much better in podcast form than it would have ever been on blog form. So um, yeah, look forward to that. And now officially, goodbye. Go away. Go to sleep. Go back to work. Do something. Peace!